Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Thank you, David, and welcome to the show. On today's show, we're going to discuss the landmines of business startup failures and how to avoid them. When you're starting a new business, the last thing you want to focus on is failure, right? But if you address the common reasons for failure up front, you'll be much less likely to fall victim to them yourself. According to statistics published by the Small Business Administration, seven out of 10 new employer establishments survive at least two years and 51% at least five years. This is a far cry from the previous long-held belief that 50% of businesses fail in the first year and 95% fail within the first five years. Now, better success rates notwithstanding, a significant percentages of new business do fail. Expert opinion abound about what a business owner should and shouldn't do to keep a new business afloat in the ever-moving waters of the entrepreneurial sea. There are, however, Key factors that, if not avoided, will be certain to weigh down a business and possibly sink it forever. We'll be right back after this message. Owners and managers, when your employees complain, customers disappear and business falters. Turn it around by attending my 12 o'clock high leadership process. Hello, Jim White here. I have enjoyed a very successful career buying failing companies worldwide and turning them around. Now I am offering to teach you how to turn your business around at my 12 o'clock high leadership process. My name is Casey Fleming, and I'm from Paraiso Vineyards. Family owned and operated through 12 o'clock high. All six of us decided it was the perfect time to become more organized and more focused on our future and where we wanted to go. It helped us grow tremendously in every aspect of our life. Turn your business around by attending 12 o'clock high leadership process August 8th at the Hayes Mansion in San Jose. You will walk away with an action plan to increase productivity, improve cash flow, and build a happy and healthy bottom line. Space is limited. Register today at 12high.com. That's the number 12high.com, 12high.com. We're back discussing the landmines of business startup failures, and I want you to get that startup failures and how to avoid them. Number one landmine is if you start your business for the wrong reason, and they are. If you start a business thinking that you're just going to become the next billionaire, wrong. Now, 
often people will say, Jim, that's kind of strange because you've been advocating business uh, startups for almost 50 years. Yes. The point I'm making here, if you have one objective in mind is I'm just going to go get rich, get rich, 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 well, that's, that's going to be a little challenging at the beginning. However, there are exceptions. Now, if you start your business and think having your own business is going to give you more time with your family, wrong. Unfortunately, starting a business uh, and each business has a lifestyle, and, and I teach a, what's called a 10 stages of a corporate lifestyle. When you're starting a business, it is go, 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 go. It is 24-7. So when you make that decision to move from your day job to start a new business, know up front. And what we're talking about today is to give you real stuff, if you will, to let you make some intelligent decisions before you go take out the mortgage and spend all your savings on starting a business. So you're not going to have more time with your family. You're going to have less time with your family. And I see this become an issue as well. So you need to think about that. Now, or maybe you think you wouldn't have to answer to anyone. Wrong again. You're going to have to answer to more people. You're going to have to be accountable to more people because starting a business as a business owner, you have a responsibility to the employees that you hire, to the customers that you engage, to the vendors that you do business with, to the banks that you do business with. So you have more bosses in a business than you probably did as an employee, right? Now, if you think that this is the reason that you're going to start a business, these landmines I just laid out is no. Now, on the other hand, if you, if you believe and you're starting your business based on these points that I'm going to lay out, then you're moving ahead and then you're moving down the road, if I can talk here this morning, in a positive way. But if you have the passion and the love for what you're doing and strongly believe it to your core, and based on educated, and I'm going to use educated study and investigation. Most people don't do that thoroughly enough. Educated study, investigation, that your product or services would fulfill a real need in the marketplace. Now, you've got to do that. If you, say, if you answer yes to that, then you are moving down the road in a positive way. Now, if you are physically fit and possess the needed mental stamina to withstand stress and challenges that will come your way, then another check, yes. Now, this is often overlooked, unfortunately. I see individuals with less than robust health be responsible for more bankruptcies than I can count. This is real. So you need to make sure that you are keeping yourself in top physical shape, top mental shape, sharp. If not, you're going to have a problem. If you have the drive and the determination and the patience and a positive attitude and persistence, and I can just go on and on and on. 
that's a positive. And that's when other people give up. So when other people give up, you keep going, right? So that's a positive. But if you answer yes to that, then do another check that I'm moving in the right direction, okay? Failures do not defeat you. Failures do not defeat you. You will have failure after failure after failure. And what I know to be true, but buying, selling, and turning around 23 companies which are operated in 43 countries, failure is going to be there. You've got to learn on the failures and build on the failures and never repeat them. But you've got to plan for the failures. This is a major mistake that people make. They do not plan on having failures. You might say, Jim, what are you telling us? I am telling you in your planning process, you've got to build in, in your plan, provisions for failure. Now, we're going to talk about that further when when I get through this segment. We're going to go to a break, and then we're going to come back after the break. And I am going to go through 11 11 steps to sure failure. And again, this is kind of a different show (laughs) than I I, I normally do because you hear me talking about failure. uh, And I'm only talking about failure to let you know what the positive should be. And to, to take the blinders off, if you will, okay? So that's the reason we are talking about this today. So once again, if you are an individual that would not allow failure to defeat you, check off as a positive. Now, I can move on down the road. But if you get down, if you get slapped to the floor, and if you allow to go in a depressive state, and go into a victim state. You are toast. You are history. You're over. No questions, no help. It is done. So you better have some thick skin if you're going to be into this game, right? Now, and if you thrive on independence, and if you're skilled at taking charge, and I'm going to use the word skilled, my regular listeners and my, all my clients that's tuning in to, uh, to this uh, radio show and this podcast, you know that I use a behavioral assessment. Behavioral assessment is just another tool, but it is a good tool to determine if you have the right behavior to be an entrepreneur, to be in business with yourself. So if you are not aware of such tool, and if you, I should say if you haven't used that tool, then you need to contact us so we can uh, help you walk through to be able to look in the mirror and say, yep, I'm up for this. And to be able to be honest with yourself if you are not. Because as I said, starting a business is the American dream. I am so supportive. I get up every day doing everything I possibly can to help every business on this globe to take a positive step forward, to be able to build value for your organizations, to contribute to the community, and to give people opportunity to grow and to flourish. That's what we do on a daily basis, and that is absolutely my passion. Now, if you have strong character, values, you have integrity, and what is that? 
that's doing the things consistently where people don't notice. And if you do not have that, then you shouldn't be in the game. You can go look, go to our favorite search world, and Google's become the new tool, right? It's amazing how we, we always refer to that. If you want to know something, go Google it, right? So whatever whatever tool that you use, you can go look, and there'll be a story after story after story about some unsavory individuals uh, using business to wreak havoc on someone else. We read about these Ponzi schemes and all this other crazy stuff, right? And yes, we have regulation, we have compliance, we have law, we have all of that good stuff, and we need them even in a free society. We need these things. However, what we need more, character, is individual character. And that starts when? At birth. Individual character is what we need more than anything. And this is the type of people we need running our, running our businesses and also running our governments at all levels, not only in the United States, but around the globe. That's what we need. And I have chat after chat. This is, the switchboard is lighting up here, and we're going to take as many uh, questions as we can. We're going to respond to so many of the uh, questions we possibly can in the time that we have. And for the, for the folks that we cannot get to, as always, we will do it offline. So rest assured, your question will be answered either on, on air or off air. So rest assured, I see everybody. And like I said, the switchboard is lighting up. Oh, I, I want to uh, say this before we go to our, our, our next break. On Saturday, I had David Drake, a longtime friend and a professional colleague of mine on the show, where we're talking about the mega trends and crowdfunding, real estate crowdfunding. Uh, our show, that show has just been, uh, I mean, it's trending. It's all those languages that we use. It, it's actually getting a lot of, of, of play. Um, and I thank you for that. And the reason I bring it up, uh, David and I have been working on this uh, for over three years. And this crowdfunded, as I said in my introduction, the questions I was uh, asking of David, uh, it, it's, uh, it's coming to the Wild West. So I'm not, actually after this show, I'm on my way to San Francisco. We're doing an event in San Francisco this week. We're bringing a lot of real estate investors. And uh, so I just wanted to say thank you for that. I want you to check back often to the website, jlwhiteinternational.com, to look at our events because we'll be doing more and more and more events and crowdfunding and what it is and what it is not. Uh, and specifically, we're focusing on some real estate crowdfunding. Okay, and this is the cutting-edge stuff. And for the people that's on the Monterey Peninsula, uh, we're looking at bringing a, uh, an event here so we can bring a lot of investors and opportunities. So stay tuned for that. So just, just a sidebar on that. And at that, I am told i got to go to a break. i got to go to a break. So we'll be right back after this message. Owners and managers, when your employees complain, customers disappear and business falters. Turn it around by attending my 12 o'clock high leadership process. Hello, Jim White here, creator of 12 O'Clock High. I have enjoyed a very successful career buying failing companies worldwide and turning them around. 
Now I am offering to teach you how to turn your business around at my 12 o'clock high leadership process, August 8th at the Hayes Mansion in San Jose. Tamara Cole with Creative Design, and I have learned my role as a business owner at the 12 o'clock high and what my responsibilities are to myself and my fellow colleagues as well. Turn your business around by attending 12 o'clock high leadership process August 8th at the Hayes Mansion in San Jose. You will walk away with an action plan to increase productivity, improve cash flow, and build a happy and healthy bottom line. Space is limited. Register today at 12high.com. That's the number 12high.com. You will enjoy turning it around with 12 o'clock high, 12high.com. Thank you, Tamara. Uh, We're back and we're discussing the landmines of business startup failures and how to avoid them. In the previous segment, I reviewed the biggest landmine if you're thinking about starting your business, what the biggest landmine was. And we discussed some positives if you if you are checking those off and and those are the things that you believe in to your core, then you're going in the right direction. Now, I'm going to continue to drill down on the landmines. And I'm going to go through eleven steps to absolutely failure, crash and burn, if you do these things. I'm going to say number one, but they're not in rank order or, or priority. I was preparing for the show. I just, laid, I just laid them out. So, But number one, I talked about lack of experience. Now, that's very interesting. Where I'm going with this, if you do not have experience, in a particular industry. Now that's where most people take their launch pad because they believe that they have experience in making a widget. Okay, I'm really good at making this widget. So now I'm gonna go do it for myself because I've been working with this moron for years and they've never (laughs) done it right or to my satisfaction, so I'm gonna go do it better. Great. However, once you make that jump into business owner, man, initially, you've got to be able to do everything. You not only got to have the experience of the product or service itself, you got to have the experience of accounting and bookkeeping and marketing and branding and planning and staffing and legal and uh, compliance and tax planning and investment planning. You got to have all of those things. Yes, you got to have all of those things. And most startups cannot afford to hire all that stuff. So it's not only that you got to be good at making your widget, but you got to have the experience in other areas. If you don't have that, then you've got to go out and figure out a way to get them on your team. So that's number one. So I want you to be aware of that. The second thing is insufficient capital. This happens day in and day out that people start a business and they do not have enough capital. See it over and over and over. It is heartbreaking. Now, not only do you need the business capital to start up your business, which requires what? It requires a very thorough planning process, planning to determine what your top line needs to be, what your cost of goods is going to be, what your overhead is going to be, 
you got to have all of that down. You got to put it into a cash flow budget. You got to know what it's going to cost you, and you got to build in failures. You got to build in that things are not going to move as fast as you think they're going to move. So you got to build that in, okay? And most people will go borrow all the money, or leverage your house, or or, or take it all over retirement, and bet it all on this process. And the thing about it, I see a, I see a, a lot of situations that this occurs, and, and then all of a sudden, we're in business. I'm the big person on campus. I am driving the big car. I've got all the great stuff. My ego is kicking in, and you're going to crash and burn. So you got to make sure that you do the right planning. You get the capital. You have the reserves in place. And you not only need the reserves necessary to start your business, but you need enough reserves to live on. Feed the family, pay the bills for at least, I say, two years, okay? Now, the next thing that uh, that's a real issue, and I say poor location where it's a brick and mortar. Now, I'm going to do slash in the world of cyberspace. You can make a bad choice as to how you're going to be reflected in the cyber world as well. So, once again, if you're choosing a location, if you're, if you're choosing the demographics, it could be in a city, it could be in a state, it could be international. It could be what type of building do I need, or do I not need a building, or do I need to be on a cyberspace, internet, all those type of things. So that is vetted through your planning process as well. And the next next thing is no vision. You absolutely haven't a clue where you want to go with your business. Crash and burn. You've got to know where you're going. I've been talking about this one already. No plan. No plan. No plan, strategic planning, nuts and bolts, down to every penny, every pencil initially. You've got to master that process. And the next thing that will absolutely kick you right straight to the curb, poor selection of staff, vendors, and partners. You've got to have a process because if you are the, I'm just going to use, if you're the software guru expert phenomenon and you know how to write code, I'm just using in, in, in our current world, if you know how to write code, but if you cannot relate to people or if you cannot uh, or care, care not to be involved in the numbers or cash flows or all the other mundane stuff that required that is required in order to run a successful business, then you have got to go find staff. It's what I call getting the right people in the right job at the right time to do the right thing consistently over and over and over. Also, when you're selecting vendors. So I see vendors sometimes put people out of business because the vendor will not deliver on his or her promises. So heads up on that. Partners. If you can hire it, we're talking about, do not have a partner if you can hire it. Now, that's another show within Excel, right? So make sure, if you do have to have a partner, you're going to have to make sure that behaviorally you're compatible. You're going to have to make sure that you've got buy-sell agreements. You're going to have to make sure that you've got exit strategies. you got to make sure uh, and, and be very clear who's going to be, uh, who's going to be the decision maker and all of those things. So when you start talking partners, it brings it a whole different level. So you need to be aware of that as well. Now, the next thing that's going to kick you to the curve 
is poor inventory management. You can have too much or too little. I know people right now, they've got inventory sitting in the warehouse because why? Poor planning and primarily because they sit on their behind and didn't get out and do anything about it because they allowed the ego to be in the way and think it's going to happen themselves. Okay? So your inventory management is a big deal. You cannot have enough. If you don't have enough and all of a sudden people come and say, I want to buy your stuff and you can't ship it and deliver it, newsflash, you're done, your history. When you breach that trust one time, you are gone. You are over. Okay? Now, the other thing that will kick you to the curb is overinvestment in fixed assets. Well, what I mean by that is, again, this I'm going to approach this from an ego standpoint. Oh, I'm in business now, so let me go spend a lot of money and let me go buy or, or at least the most sexiest, high class, uh, pay all the rent in the world so I got this big old mega sign on my bills then and I got all the flashy cars and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm wearing $5,000 suits and dresses and purses and so on and so forth, right? I think you see where I'm going with that, okay? So overinvestment in fixed assets. You got to make sure that you're lean and mean, lean, lean, lean. The next thing that will absolutely kick you to the curb is poor credit arrangement management. When you go in, you've got to make sure that you apply immediately for lines of credit. You've got to have reserves. I've, I've just worked with a business uh, not too long ago that I said, okay, first thing you do after you do this, go apply for this. Well, they didn't do it, and it ended up being crashing and burning, right? So it's all these type of things, and we see that on a daily basis. The next thing that will absolutely kick you to the curb is personal use business funds. It is so easy for people to, I'm going to use the word, it's a bad word or it sounds bad when I say co-mingle of funds. Well, it is bad. If you're going to run a business, that business, if it is, if you're a sole proprietor, or LLC, or corporation, or S, or partnership, or whatever it may be, once you establish that in the eyes of the law, that business is a living, breathing entity, which is in part separate from you. However, you may be the 100% owner. So I see people taking money out of their personal, excuse me, out of their business checking account, and going buying their suit at uh, Neiman Marcus, for example, right? No, 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 no. Separate the funds. Do not co-mingle. You cannot do that, okay? So the next thing that really occurs and you're not prepared for is unexpected growth. You're doing all this work. You spend all your money. You're working 24-7. You're not seeing the family. You're, you're stressing out. Business is coming and coming and coming, and you can't keep up with it. You don't have enough cash flow, and, and all those provisions, and, and, and that growth will sink you, can sink you. So once again, we teach what we call managed growth, okay, managed growth. So you've got to grow at the right pace, and that is a science and an art all within itself. So you've got to make sure that you have a plan, you're working a plan, and it, it is really 
tempted in a lot of times where, oh, I see this deal coming down there. If I just go here, I can hit a home run, and, and, and I can go to the front of the line, and I can put hundreds of millions of dollars in my bank account. Well, maybe it can, but 40 years telling me yeah, it's kind of iffy. So you might want to want to think about that a little bit. So work your plan, work your plan, work your plan, work your plan. Uh, get, get, a, get a year behind you. Now, the biggest challenge for startups and I'm going to use revenue as a benchmark here. Obtaining your first million dollars in revenue is the hardest thing in the world. Most people never get past 200 or 400 or 500 or a million bucks. So, so if you start looking at your business, okay, you make this million, million dollar revenue. Well, revenue is not everything. So if you're doing the revenue, but it's the toughest thing to get to, but at the same time, if you're not making any money out of it, if you're not re keeping retained earnings in it, it's not worth doing. So I see people talking about, oh, uh, I got a $50 million revenue company. Fantastic. What is your EBIT? What's your past three years? What's your cash? What you got in the bank, right? So you need to know these things. So these are the, uh, the landmines that you've got to be aware of. Here are some solutions. I went through like them. So we're going to continue to do these type of shows uh, uh, from time to time. And if you'd like to be uh, on the show at any time, just uh, send us an email. We'd like to, like to hear from you. We'd like to highlight uh, great people that's doing great things in the community. So once again, um, I, I just wanted to uh, bring in an awareness um, and, and take my 40-some uh, years of experience um, by buying and selling and owning 23 different companies, and I, I don't think there's anything that I haven't seen. And also said that uh, at the top of the show, uh, a lot of people have different opinions about what it takes to be successful. Well, heads up. If you're getting advice from someone that's never run a successful company, I'd suggest you might want to pass on that, right? So there's a lot of academia, uh, a lot of people writing books on what you shouldn't do, but they have no experience to do it themselves, so caution. So once again, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, you can uh, uh, happy to uh, – this replay will be available to you. It'll be on iTunes, be on our website, be here, be all over the place. So please enjoy it and uh, use it and uh, pass it on. And we're going to thank you for your time and wish you a great day. You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio.